Blind Shovel, an arts and music podcast. Today I speak with Kellen Jett, illustrator and concept artist. Enjoy. Nothing much, man. Did um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles come out today? It did. Uh, it, it is, yeah, it's officially out, man. Um, it's crazy. Technically, I guess it. you could see it yesterday. I watched it in theaters yesterday. Um, but, yeah, today was the official release date. And, and, is that the know, biggest biggest project you've ever worked on? Uh, I think Spider-Verse 2 is probably the biggest project I've ever worked on, but I was I was sort of like a normal to smaller level of involvement on Spider-Verse 2 mm-hmm. uh, for like the title. You know, I was on, the project was four and a half years and I was on for like a year and a half or a little bit less than a year and a half. Uh, and Turtles like, was a three-year project and I was on longer than two years and I, that I was more involved in turtles. I was like a, a, a more, more of a player, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it, for me, it's the biggest deal. Cause like Spider-Verse is awesome and amazing and I'm proud to have worked on it, but like I feel ownership over turtles in a way that I don't with that other project. Right. Yeah. Um, and if I recall correctly, you went to school for concept art, right? No, I went to school, I went to RISD for, uh, like, traditional illustration. Uh, uh, my degree is in illustration, uh, and RISD is not really, like, a industry-focused, concept art-focused illustration department like an art center would be. So it, we, there was, like, there were a handful of us that were kind of in that space, but, you know, all of the people we looked up to who were, like, graduating seniors were all, like, editorial illustrators you know it was like dadu shin and (laughs) not 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 concept people which which is cool um honestly it's it's probably probably helped in the long run because concept art is like especially at the time was such like a narrow aesthetic well that's what i recall is like you giving me a business card it said world builder on the back i don't remember what else you you had on there but (laughs) yeah yeah it was more like um well, it was like a generic concept art feel, which is pretty normal coming out of school. I think most people's work is generic because they're learning something. Sure. And yeah. so that's maybe why I, I don't know how long after school I had met you, um, but it seems like you've been going down this path for a while and, and the it's certainly evolved. It doesn't look like that kind of like singular concept art aesthetic that you see so often. Thanks. Yeah, I, I hope it's evolved. I think it's funny because I don't think I really fit into that around the time I met you. Actually, I don't think I really fit into that then either because I was mm. having 
I was having trouble getting hired for those jobs. <laughs> uh, because you were expressing too much or you were too divergent? I, I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say. I, it's def- Yeah, it's definitely because I was too cool and too good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. For, for sure. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, yeah it, it wasn't that I was uh, just, <laughs> just out of school and, uh, you know, didn't have some of the skills that they probably needed me to have. Uh, but, uh, but also I think aesthetically there, like there was a, there were jobs that I had these skills to get, but the work that I was making was not tonally appropriate or like, you know, I don't know, but it was 2013 was a different time. The, like I ended up finding my way into games via like the indie scene, the indie game scene, which like, uh, hmm. was like, that was, so when, around the time I met you, I was like doing that. I think I met you at part two gallery at your. Maybe, oh. was it a, was, or no, you know what? It actually was probably through Neve Bavarsky and Jesse Balmer. Yeah. Yeah. It was way, I think it was before it was um, before. I just, I think maybe the last time I saw you in person was at part two gallery. Yeah, yeah. You know, we had this group show that we sold nothing in me, Neve and uh, Balmer. It was at golden source power three. Yeah. 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 But it was, the best. it was a good show, but. I don't think we sold a damn thing, but I, maybe we met you there. I can't recall. Um, so there's a video game I'm seeing on the website. You have the, these, these projects and games. So that's how you kind of started. Yeah, totally. It was, uh, I was obsessed with video games. Um, and, uh, I, I'd actually been listening to a ton of, uh, video game podcasts probably since like 2009. I, it was, it kind of became like, like I didn't have an inner monologue for like ten years. It was just video game podcasts. Really? Uh, yeah, I just was listening to them all the time. Well, uh, I see you also do card games. Yeah, that was like an early thing. I was I was working for That's cool. cards Cards Against Humanity. It was a real cobbled together illustration career at the beginning, um, but in a in a way that was I you know I'm happy about. That's kind of the fun of the beginning. Totally, absolutely, yeah. yeah it just. It was it was very cool being like this guy wants to pay me five hundred dollars to do some graphite drawings that are going to be on his board game maybe and uh, and being just as excited to do that then as I am to like do my job now it, it is cool like it does sometimes I think about uh, I'm like oh man I could never go back but like I don't know I was happy then doing that stuff like. Uh, it's just the, your perspective you have on the work you're doing, you know, to a degree. So what is your job right now? If you had to describe it, like obviously that film is done. I'm um, assuming you don't work for a studio, strictly speaking, or do you work for a specific studio? I, well, my job right now is, uh, hanging out and chilling. Uh, cause I'm not, I'm not currently employed for the next like month, I think, but, uh, yeah, so I was I was working I worked through the animation guilds, like we're all in LA. If we work in animation, for most places you do it through the guilds, you know, or organized labor, all that stuff. Uh, and so I'm an employee. I'm not technically an employee of the studio. Um, so it, it, there's a lot of like getting on projects and then rolling off projects um, in this industry. And uh, uh, I finished on spider-verse and i rolled right on to i left to go to turtles uh and then rolled off turtles and i'm off for a couple months and then i'm i actually have the next thing but i don't you can't talk about it well i i think it's been i'm gonna 
I'm going to be on the sequel. They, they, the, I think that there is, it's announced that there is, that Paramount has said they want, they're going to make a sequel. And I can say that I'm going to do that, I guess. Nice. Uh, is that exciting? Oh, dude, it's, yeah. I mean, is that a dream job? I think so. I think so. Was, 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 how long do you feel that you've been in dream job mode? I think dream job is like everything relative. I think you can get tired of and become unsatisfied with your dream job. Uh, you know what I mean? But, uh, well, yeah, that's just a job, right? That's a component of a job. But if you, if you struggle towards something that's like checks all the boxes off, this is, this is a dream job to me. A hundred percent. So yeah, no, I think it's important to make the distinction because I definitely, I think Mitchell's was working on Mitchell's versus machines was my first film was like checks all the boxes of the dream job. Uh, and Wait, what is what is that? Mitchell's versus the machines? The, the Mitchell's versus the machines. It was a it's an, an animated. Nobody film. saw that. Uh, it's on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> we made it at Sony. So sorry, I didn't hear you said. Uh, I just said nobody's seen that, but I'm I'm just joking. Oh, I yeah, mean, no, I've just I mean, never heard of it. Oh, it's, okay. It's okay. Uh, uh, I, I've seen it. My parents have seen it. Uh, my cousins, my cousin's kid has seen it a thousand times. That's cool. So. That's cool. So, uh, what's um, the, like, what's the film that you think is the highest quality film? I don't know if you're allowed to speak like this, but like, can you, you can't say that, right? I mean, I can say whatever I want. (laughs) (laughs) I think that it's very, this, my, I'm like a completely biased source, obviously. I think there are things about Spider-Verse 2 where it that it, where it's like the most prestige of the films that I've worked on it's like the most like high executed at every single level quality you know film but it's also like there are a bunch of things criticisms I have of it and like there are things about turtles that uh make me where I'm like n- none of the other movies that I've worked on have done this you know have like had this like level of energy have felt this organic like there's like a i think turtles is my favorite film that i've worked on spider-verse 2 is maybe the highest quality one just because it's probably going to win the oscar this year um but mitchell's is i mean mitchell's is also great and not worse than those movies so i i don't know <laughs> this is my favorite question you're gonna i get to pick my favorite of the things that i've done well, well you know i've always thought that the horror of animation is working really really hard on something and then and the then movie it's comes terrible. out it's just a fucking shit show and that's Dude. like 80 percent of the well higher than 80 percent yeah it just so happens that you work on quality films it could be because you're working on them but i i, I think that i could be, I could do the best job I could possibly do on a movie, and the movie could very easily be bad. Oh yeah, uh, yeah but you seem sure. you seem to be on. I haven't Dude. seen I haven't seen any of these films, but I know that the their quality. Sure, you know. sure, right, yeah. The in at least relative to the standard fare, I think that's definitely true. Like, uh, I mean, I don't think I've worked on anything that's as good as I don't know, like. Princess Mononoke or something like that, but sure, like, sure. Uh, but uh, uh, that's mo- that's like most directors don't make a film that good, you know. 
Um, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, I have been very lucky. I sort of got in with the, this group of people, like, and, cause I, I really work with some of my closest friends. Like it's very lucky. Like my, a lot of my employee, like, like not employees cause I'm not a boss, but my colleagues that I sit next to are like people that I see all the time on the weekend, you know, they're my friends. And I feel like we've all worked together. Like I've, the, over, the the teams have overlapped a huge amount from Mitchell's to across the Spider-Verse to Turtles. And it's just, I got plucked out of Instagram, I think. It, that's how it felt anyway. I got plucked out of Instagram by the team at Sony that was making Mitchell's. And they were making Spider-Verse at the same time. Like there was the, we were, they were slightly ahead of us in the schedule. And uh, I just got lucky honestly i just got lucky and it turns out that the people that wanted to hire me had were were up and coming great directors and uh jeff who was the co-director on mitchell's and then did turtles like uh and yashar who was my production designer in turtles like brought me over yashar worked on uh, spider-verse one and mitchell's and spider-verse two and then turtles like there's a lot of us that have done all of them and i feel like it really like as proud as I am of like the work that I've done and all of that stuff and think that I'm good at the job. It really, it really took getting super fucking lucky to like be on this specific path that I'm on. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even remember what your question was. I just started going for it. Um, yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I think, uh, I was just talking about, the real possibility of working on a shitty yeah, right. film and yeah. Uh, yeah. one that doesn't align with several aspects of your being, but it seems like you're in a good place with that. So, and then you're going to do it again. And I'm going to do it and, again. And so and then how, after, how, how old are you? I'm 32. So like, that's pretty impressive to be already in that space. Um, and uh, do you, do you feel that? Are you grateful? I'm super grateful. Uh, I'm, su- I, I, I mean, I can't say no, I'm not grateful. That'd be t- <laughs> I can't be like, no, I deserve this. This is always going to happen. Uh, no, yeah, I'm incredibly grateful. And, uh, I, I think I've in the last couple years gotten past not all of what people, I don't really like the term imposter syndrome, but I guess that's what I mean. Like, I feel like I've gotten, I feel comfortable in my skin now in the job, which was not the case for a while. It was like a constant, like, what am I doing here? Um, but I don't know, maybe after turtles, I will do, uh, you know, a movie about cartoon animals, uh, going on a, on a trip on a boat or something, (laughs) something fun like that. (laughs) That's what you're seeing. Yeah. We'll see what, we'll see how the strike, uh, uh, turns out and and if uh the industry doesn't fall apart before mm-hmm. before the turtles after for after turtles too but as of now things are going yeah it's going well yeah uh, i don't like the term imposter syndrome either um what do you not like i think it's just like I, I, it's called growing it's called growth like yes, it's yes. called going to the next level 
I, right. I it's it's putting this kind of like weak spin on the idea that like oh this is exciting I'm in a place where I've had to been I was sent back to like uh, level one basically but I'm in the yeah, next right. chapter so it's like this should be exciting it's not like a like I, you sh- I, you should feel out of place when you grow you should be around artists where you're like wow am I actually supposed to be here am absolutely. I f- faking you it be, you should be seeking that out right and, right I mean really really it's just imposter syndrome is just a modern term for a pretty universal feeling and so when people go like oh i have really bad imposter syndrome they're just they just mean they feel insecure about where they're at and like the phrase the phrasing of it is like i feel like the part that i find annoying not that i don't relate to the feeling you know what i mean (laughs) sure yeah uh terminology is funny um but so where you're already at the top of the mountain where are you going to, where, what do you, you know, 10 years from now, if you were still making these movies in the same role, would that be satisfying? Or do you have ambitions beyond where you're at right now? I mean, yeah, I, that's, I think that, I mean, the, the real answer is I, you know, I want art direct, I want to production design. I'd like to, mold one of these things more like from from a position from a leadership position instead of just as an artist though you can do a lot as an artist Be, being a visitive artist on a movie like there's normally a handful of people where you're like you know they may not be in leadership but they're the people that are making the thing look the way they do um uh anyway yeah would uh, it be fair to say that I don't really know what visdev means, but that those individuals, their styles are kind of dictating what the people under them have to imitate. Does that make any sense? I, I think that it's completely determined by the production. Uh, it's like changes from place to place, like uh, on Turtles. Um, Turtles was a very ground up sort of aesthetic thing like it was built around like you know you know woodrow white of course you guys share yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah. so woodrow Woodrow's the fucking man he he was like like him and then our boss yashar the, our production designer him and like woodrow and yashar were like the two guys on this movie like they're like it's sort of like 40 percent woodrow 40 percent yashar and then the rest of us are uh, th- those numbers i'm i'm exaggerating but like it's like a, they they're the two two poles and one of those yashar is doing is like having influence uh on the movie from like a leadership position and woodrow is ha- has a lot of influence in the movie because he's the main character designer of basically every character that's not a turtle um and uh in that way, like we're definitely responding to what they're doing as visitive artists. Uh, but turtles was, I think, it, I don't know if it's unique, but it's somewhat unique at least in, in that, like the rest of the f- way the film looks it, is pulled from us. Like, uh, me, Garrett, our friend, Sean, uh, Tiffany, like all of us, uh, uh, determined what the look of the movie was because of the way we were drawing and like they were hired to do our thing. Um, I think that in other productions, like in Spider-Verse, it was a much more top down sort of deal. In Spider-Verse, like leadership had these ideas or not even leadership, maybe like 
Phil Lord, I guess, had these ideas for like, this world is going to be like this. This world is going to be like this. This world is going to be like this. And there was development to figure out those. Like there were people that took ownership of those different directions, uh, like the like the India universe or like the concept art look of 2099's world. Um, there were people that had individual ownership over those like aesthetic spaces, but ultimately like the way those look like those concepts came from the top down and turtles was a little bit more like we're making this thing with the aesthetics of the people that we've hired. Um, right. And it was for more bottom up. So it really, it like, it really depends. Like um, somebody like Woodrow wouldn't have been able to have the influence he had on turtles because turtles is, or on spider verse because spider verse is like, uh, there's just like, I don't know. There, it, there's so many cooks in that kitchen that there wasn't room for the for a, a loud voice like that. And Turtles was like, I don't know. It's sort of built around Woodrow to to some degree and around Yashar. Um, yeah, I can see that stylistically. Yeah, yeah. And just the way it, it feels. And I assume with Spider Verse, the f- it's pre-established in a sense because the first one exists, right? Even though it has a multitude of styles, there's like a language totally. that they're seeking. Yeah, certainly. Uh, but I think that, that, uh, the language of spider verse also sort of like came from, I guess, I guess that the person, the origin point for spider verse is Alberto Mialgo, who is like the original production designer on that, on that first movie who I think he got let go and then they hired a new art team, but they very much carried forward what he had done. Um, uh, so you're totally right. There's that prescribed stuff from that first movie, but the there's like five new universes <laughs> in the second movie, and uh, each one of those is uh, supposed to look related to the first movie, but pretty different in a lot of cases. And uh, y- y- you, any yeah, there's at, at this point, I'm sort of getting into like the nitty gritty of, of who I, who I think should have done what. And that's I'm right. Like, I, I should not do that, but uh, no, no. Yeah. 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 So uh, is it fair to say you've worked on two of the more experimental American animated films of the last five years? I think, I think that is, if you say experimental, like high budget animated films, I think that's definitely true. Sure. 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 Yeah. I mean, do they just stand out as like, they're actually trying to do something different. Right. So that's pretty wild. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen them, but I'm watching the trailers and I've seen trailers of them and like, I'll watch them one day. For, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I will. When you watch them, I'd love to hear what you think. Um, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to like the animation and, yeah. uh, and then, and then it would just be about if I like the movie. Right. <laughs> with, which uh, I I have I have very little to do with the joke, <laughs> right, right, right. So please, as long as you like the art, I'm I'm happy. Uh, Be- besides Miyazaki, who's obviously a master, sure. Are there any other animators that that uh, really stand out for you? I would. Uh, have you seen um, Son of the White Mare? Oh yeah, it's one of the best. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of the greatest animated. It's absurd ever made yeah so yeah. marcel yankovic is like i mean he's yeah he's he's um 
I wish he had made more films at that scale because uh, well, he did make he made Tragedy of Man, which I just screened at the art center I run, and oh, I, don't nice. if, I don't know if you've seen that, but it is gargantuan. I have seen pieces of it. It is a it's not it doesn't seem to have the aesthetic cohesion that his other projects have but i know it was like made over years and years right yeah i mean son of the white mare is just absurd it's actually kind of frightening to me that i and it seems like it just like arose into consciousness again like two years ago no seriously well the blu-ray came out and like yeah yeah totally i but isn't that horrifying that like that movie's been sitting around i mean surely connoisseurs know about it but i never heard anyone mention it until two years ago Yep. And it was made like 50 years ago. Yeah, and it's, it's like, like a, it's like an obvious masterpiece. Yeah. I mean, I think part of that was it, it sort of, it sat in a like Eastern Central European ghetto uh, of, of like culture that doesn't make it over here to the West, you know, uh, yeah. for, for a long time. Uh, also, they just like didn't, there you couldn't purchase it it just didn't exist yeah which is like for us um i saw it for the first time it was playing somebody had put it on in a bar in san francisco like in 2017 and i like saw it and i was like what the fuck is that uh yeah that that movie is like it's if i ever am blessed and cursed with the opportunity to write and direct something or not write, but direct something. Um, the, like it, it is, it's just a straight folk tale, you know, it's not a, like, you know, I'm, I'm so tired of like the snarky take on folk tales. And that's sort of like, I love, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love Shrek, but like, everything had now like every everything that's about a like fantasy land now has to have like at least five to ten percent shrek in it if you're gonna make it it like in an american studio you know and i i just want to make an epic gorgeous like uh uh folktale fantasy thing i don't know higher hire jesse balmer yeah, i was gonna say <laughs> to work on to it fucking hire jesse <laughs> hire jesse balmer and sam bosma and uh, i mean no sam sam doesn't sam, sam is probably gonna be doing that himself to be honest but uh uh yeah no i i don't know i some of the white mare was such a revelation when i saw it um, that's interesting because i didn't i don't really know what your voice is per se in respect to like narrative sure um that's probably my fault but no it's okay like I, I mostly know of, well, your visual landscapes and the still lifes and studies, et cetera. So it's right. a little shocking to me that you like the, what I would call the purity of the, like the real folk tale energy. Yeah. Um, but I would agree. I, I despise the kind of teenage nature and feel of a lot of animation yeah uh, or yeah like I, I don't know there's always this subversion of the folk tale or yes. without understanding the magic and the irrationality of folk tales it's very frustrating to me um 
you know, Disney has no grasp of any of this anymore. It's right. All they, like, they used to, though, which is crazy. Like if you watch, if you watch, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure there's things from the 50s, like cultural artifacts that I'm not picking up on that just like read to me as old and like wise now. But the uh, like, what's it called? Um, Sleeping Beauty is like a, a, a gorgeous, like monumental thing. Like the original Pinocchio, you know, like, uh, and it is, I know like things change, like, you know, there's been like 10 versions of Disney since then, but, uh, it is, it is crazy to me that they seem to just continue down this sort of like Pixar light path that they've been on for a while. And I, I, they have such a rich history and it just kind of feels like they're missing the point of like what was good about how it all started. I, I don't know. That, well, yeah, I don't think if Star Wars taught people anything, it's like it isn't always clear how to articulate what's good or magical about something. And when you sit right. down, especially when it's not originating from the person. So, like, obviously, Walt right. Disney's dead, but... Right. And who I don't even know who the fuck's in charge. Kathleen Kennedy or something. Uh, Bob, Bob Iger's back in charge. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Iger. Bobby's so back. so like, um, it's really hard, even as George Lucas himself, to understand what how magic occurred in those initial films. Right. And I mean, you see this all the time with like even Spielberg. It's that kind of attempt to just kind of keep cashing in and recreate something. Right. I guess it would be like if you kept taking your wife or or girlfriend on the same date over and over again because it was like <laughs> it worked the first time. Right, right. That's a, that's I love that metaphor. But I I do think that Disney, if I'm like a little more suspicious of early Disney, I mean obviously the grim fairy tales are far more dark and sure. and like they have more teeth, and so yeah. maybe it's just been this process of. Uh, well, castration is a strong word, but declawing <laughs> the stories for acceptability purposes. Yeah, um, there's not enough vaginal imagery in Disney's early work. I agree. The, yeah, there's a, a lot of it in *Son of the White Mare*, and I think it's better for it personally. Um, yeah, and it's so <laughs> gracefully done that you yeah, wouldn't it even is. right. It doesn't even register as a vulgarity because it's not. Um, no, no, it, it's absolutely not. Yeah, and it's like, and it's. It's and it's not like, yeah. It's uh, um, there would need to be, yeah. The 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 sort of like need for modern stuff to comment on itself. Like I, when you brought up Star Wars, that sort of like fit in perfectly for me because obviously, because Star Wars is like a pulp folk thing. Uh, but the original, the originals, I adore. The uh, prequels I sort of like in spite of myself because I was nine or eight when I saw sure. the first one. But if I when I watch the uh, when I watch the sequel trilogy, I'm disgusted, frankly. Like I like the the middle one. The eighth one is the best one of those three, but it's a, the sequel to like the most like annoying uh like like everybody who's in star wars is super aware that they're in a star wars film in those movies and they're like the when you watch star wars they're just like they're just in an epic sci-fi thing and they're you know there's like 
there's jokes, there's like some snark, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel, I don't know. Those movies feel so self-conscious. Um, uh, the new Star Wars movies. Um, yeah, they're all, they're also wildly blind to the idea of planning three movies in a row and actually knowing your arc. So somehow they've embodied the, the worst of consciousness and lack thereof. They're yeah. just a very beautiful example of failure that artists should really look at. And maybe one day when they're making three Turtles films, yeah, it'll be something to think about. Like, um, obviously, they made three. I believe back in the animatronic '90s Turtles days, they did, and I love those as a child. I haven't watched them again, but um, yeah, that's a, it's a real challenge. And I'm I'm curious what like I've always sat, sat back from thinking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as just an independent comic that is about t- four turtles, right? And why the hell it hit right. in the way it did it's very weird so i assume when i don't know i guess you don't have to think about it because you're not writing the script right but like what do you think the magic of the turtles is exactly because is it just like new york in that time <laughs> is it just that and they're and they're i don't know i don't i still don't get it like why is it so appealing why does well, it stay around so long well you know uh new york is the fifth character in the teenage oh <laughs> Uh, no, I, um, uh, the turtles, yeah, it's it's true. It's true. true. Um, our fuck turtles, man. I don't know. They're radical. Uh, they, they are, I have no idea what makes them so compelling and why, why they popped. Cause you're right. The original is a comic that was a, I think it's a direct like satire of, um, Oh fuck! Who's the artist who did uh, Dark Knight Returns and Three Hundred? Uh, Frank Miller. Frank Miller, yeah. Yeah, they're they're a direct satire of Frank Miller's um, uh, Daredevil comic. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, I never thought of it like that. Yeah, they're like that's why it's so like violent and like drawn like crazy and like uh, uh, it was like uh, looking at that stuff. And of course, it gets it pops off. And I don't know that much about the history. Um, but it pumps off and then they make a kids television show, which is totally completely different in like three or four years later in 19, it was 84 for the comic and 87 for the series. And then there's another iteration right after in 1990, which is the live action movies for what you're talking about. And that was like the first live action movie was like the peak with that was like, when turtle mania was real and all of those, it took three stages of existence before it like reached its peak. So it had, they were this weird violent satire. They were this kid kids cartoon that was like fun and wacky. And then they were kind of like a weirdly gritty live action thing with, with, you know, puppets. And what do all of those things have? Like, I guess, all of those versions contributed to its popularity in some way, but then everybody has their own version of the turtles. Like there's people out there that are like, just, just ready to, to, 
to kill because Rise of the Team and T season three was canceled, uh, which was the version uh, they made before uh, our, you know, it was the TV show that existed before our movies. Uh, and it's actually those they're really well it's really well made but it just you know it didn't make money i guess but there are you know there are diehard fans for even that version and like oh god i don't know um i think that the turtles designs like they're green guys they're anthropomorphized you know animals but more anthro i think than they are they're barely turtles Exactly right. Yeah, I they're, mean, they're they're green. They're green <laughs> reptile guys. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they they're they don't move slow. And right, uh, their they, needs they, don't. They move the opposite. They move really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and they also guess what? They're from freaking New York. Yeah, but but they also talk like they're California surfers. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, it's, Mike Michael does. Michael does right, but they. I mean, they. You know, Raph maybe sounds like he's from New York, but the other guys don't sound like they're from New York. That's because they're, they're smart. It's like they're edu- they're educated, so they lose right. Their they're they're bourgeois. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, Michael's working class, and uh, uh, Raph is a hundred percent. Yeah, Raph right. is working class. Right, right. Uh, no, I think Michael is too. He just he doesn't work. He parties. That's right, his he's nature. not working class. He's party class. You're exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I I forget that Michael Bay is a huge part of this whole this narrative as well. Uh, I, I, I think we I think we're trying to diminish him. <laughs> In the narrative, I think he's trying. We're trying to make him a smaller part. Is there, <laughs> yeah? Is there any direct reference to Michael Bay in these movies? I can see Seth Rogen writing some stupid joke about that. No, I don't think so. Actually, There's, oh, that's a uh, shame. It's well. So we used to. There was a. I can tell you this. There was a version. There's an old version of the movie because we rewrote it halfway through. Um, we being not me, obviously, but they rewrote it halfway through to like and to make. They made a bunch of good changes. One of the things that got cut uh, was there was a the turtles go to a um they go to a party uh it's a costume party uh they dress up in costumes like they're the turtles and they dress up in like spock or like uh, astronaut costumes and everybody's like wow you guys are turtle spock that's a crazy costume people are just like oh they they like just did a weird double costume thing anyway uh they uh there's a uh, tripping sequence. Uh, Mike oh, really? Has some avocado. He has some guacamole, which is toxic to turtles, which is literally true. And it makes him hallucinate. And he does a whole tripping psychedelic thing. And uh, one of the things pitched for that sequence was uh, they turn into the Michael Bay turtles and among other things and like freak them out. So there was this reference at one point in the film um I, I, also, I also put the michael bay turtle in one of the um images that i don't think it made it into, i don't think it made it into the film but yeah it, that's a that's funny i should do you how do you feel about michael bay oh it's complicated i think i've come to this place i'd like to think of maturity where i start first with respect for artists that have achieved things and sure. made large sums of money by making um I think in some ways he's returned to the idea that films are should be primarily visual, right? Uh, which I think is actually a good thing, except that I, the the nature of his expression, visually right. speaking, is just right. not yeah. my vibe. I used to draw and just have the Transformers on on the side, 
And yeah. then anytime I would hear mechanical noises, I would look over to watch the sheer beauty <laughs> of, of the transformations. Oh, now, like, that's like, you know, he didn't do that. It's whatever. Right. It's, but um, I believe he made, did he make bad boys? I don't know. I feel he like, did. He, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like convenient to shit on him, but. Um, I'm so with you, man. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't like, I don't, uh, I'm not an apologist because I don't know what his best film is. Um, right. I, I do know my brother sent me this video once about like the, the cinematic genius of Michael Bay. And it was like a 40 minute YouTube video kind of exploring his language. And did you watch it? I did. Yeah. You watched it. Okay. Maybe I'll watch yeah. that. I, I've become, I don't know if I'm an apologist, but I, I'm, I would say I'm an appreciator. He, you know, I, I think I had the same reaction that everybody had, which is like, this man is doing bad things to storytelling, which I, I don't not think that still, but like, I love that first Transformers movie, man. It's really stupid and full of Optimus Prime punches a Transformer in the face and then cuts his arm off. Like it's, awesome and well yeah i mean we're talking about the transformers so it's like yeah should it be this intellectual exploration exactly, of something right. no um, right. you know i watched and screened the this jean cocteau film beauty and the beast i don't know if you've seen that but i'm aware of it it's from the 40s and like that's a film that's really well first of all it's like a fairy tale obviously right. folk Actually, tale. this is the original the original beauty and the beast i think it's probably the earliest film yeah yeah that's yeah. what yeah, yeah, no, I see. Yeah, he's adorable. The yeah. beast is adorable, and is. but it's so visually poetic and so powerful, and so primarily visual that when I'm talking about Bay, they're they're completely different, like they're in, ter <laughs> in terms of their sustenance. But you know, there's something to be said for I have this technology at hand. I'm going to make Avatar kind of logic, even though I think Avatar is a stupid film. Yeah, yeah. I don't even. But again to denigrate i try more and more and it's really a try so i don't know if i successfully execute it to not shit on things that have mass appeal just because they have mass appeal um like coldplay's got good albums sure mm -hmm. I, I i did buy one when i was sure 11 or whatever <laughs> Uh, no, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, also, you know, it's a matter of survival for me. I, I, uh, work in, uh, Michael Bay's house. Uh, uh, Paramount Pictures is, there's a, there's a street named after Michael Bay and Paramount Pictures, like studio in Hollywood, which is where we, where our office is. Uh, so I'm, I'm incentivized to appreciate him or learn to appreciate him. Uh, the, the house that Michael Bay built, the is house that, that Michael Bay, uh, did some renovations on, you know, I think, I think, uh, there's been a lot of people that built it, but, uh, um, you know, Tom Cruise is in there working on the house. Uh, wow. uh, I have never seen him, but, um, I can say that, that last Michael Bay thing, I thought Ambulance was fun as shit. I don't know if you saw that. It's really stupid. It's got some really weird. In in Ambulance, Michael Bay uses uh, he like he does the kind of shit that like a Terrence Malick would do, where he like points the camera at like uh, a daisy blowing in the wind in wow. like a poetic way. He does that, but he does it with the most obnoxious, insane like clearly artificial drone shots where he'll just like 
do like an insane drone shot down a building in downtown Los Angeles. And it's just this like weird tonal gap cre- uh, creator between scenes. And you're like, this is completely out. Like the artifice of the filmmaking is so on display here and I'm loving it anyway. And I, I don't, it's really strange. No, uh, I never even heard of this film. It's, it's not good, but it is like, it's, it's a visual experience for sure. Yeah, maybe I'll check it out when I'm like 85. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's about the priority it probably deserves. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because when you talk about like an animated film, I, I think the expectation is primarily that it's going to be visual. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I could be wrong, but I don't think I'm going to watch this Turtles film and be like, wow, you know from the narrative perspective, but it looks sure. like very visually compelling. Same for the Spider-Verse. So I think people like Bay are, I mean, obviously you want everything to be clicking, but you know, it's like uh, matrix two is a horrible film. It's probably worse <laughs> than a Michael Bay film. And right. it's, I don't know if it's more respected, but you know, there's shots in there where I'm just like, this is fun. Yeah. But, but I'm expecting this to be deeper because matrix one, is deeper it is one of the greatest films of all time yeah <laughs> it is uh, yeah i think well yeah, I, not not, yeah. not not in terms of like necessarily my taste but in terms of culture like sure. deeply important yeah it's it's massive yeah yeah anyway uh, we're on like this uh, pop culture tangent no, it's, it's all it's good, good. I, I like a I like a, a little film minute. I mean, you part you participate in pop culture, right? In a big way, yeah. So, are you informed about pop culture? Do you care about pop culture? Um, I, I would. I think compared to people that are actually informed, I'm not informed. Uh, like I don't, I don't really read Twitter. Uh, I get. Most of my, I, I keep up with politics, but not really pop culture. I sort of like get it secondhand from like listening to people talk about it on podcasts. Um, but I guess I'm pretty ear to the ground with film and video games. So that if that counts, I mean, I guess that counts. So you still care uh, about video games? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I Not, you know, it went from being the only thing I cared about for a long time to being something I have a lot of love for, but don't like dedicate time to in the same way anymore. Uh, but I still love games. I'm playing Zelda right now. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, I just, I started, um, I just got a switch for the first time. I play, I played, uh, the original, uh, breath of the wild on my ex's switch. And now I, I'm like, fuck, I need to buy, a new one so I can play this new Zelda. And I, I just, I just started it, but so yeah, I, I still love games. Uh, but it's, it's definitely like how many hours a week do you think you play video games? Oh, this, this week I haven't played it at all. Yeah. This week I haven't played it all. Um, the last seven days I I'd say like I go, it's feast and famine. It's sometimes it's like 20. Sometimes it's like sometimes most of the time it's closer to like five to zero. Um, but it really depends. Yeah, I mean, what does your average day look like? Are you working most of the time? Well, I mean, so if if I'm like on a project, if I'm on a movie, then it's, you know, get up at 7.30 or 8, 
get to the studio by nine thirty or ten, uh, or or ten thirty. <laughs> uh, I'm at the studio working. We get lunch. I'm at the studio until six six to eight, depending on how things go. Uh, and then I come home and I like, I don't know, I watch a movie. I do I mean, normal shit. Yeah. It's, it's pretty nine to five. Now, now that I think about it, it's pretty like 10 to six. Um, but I don't know. There's, there's like plain air painting thrown in there in the morning. Sometimes, uh, uh, every once in a while you work from home for a day and you blow off work for the first half of the day and uh just watch like two mission impossible movies in a row um and then you have lunch at two and then you work that happens uh don't i i I, fuck you've divulged too much i divulged too much no i think that that's no i mean (laughs) humans do i think that that's how it goes um not that often, but so you have like a pretty healthy balance of digital painting and real painting, would you say? Oh yeah, definitely. Though I, I will say like one of my things that I mourn is like my, my traditional painting, it mostly comes in the form of plein air painting, which is great. I love it. It's wonderful social activity. You go outside, but like, it's not the same as like making work for yourself. And I do want to pursue that more in traditional stuff because i find that that energy tends to just go into the film like anything where i'm like concepting something or coming up with ideas like it that energy is just film focused and uh right i think that's why uh it's no knock it's just the truth like i think that's where where i say like i'm curious what your vision would be if you were like handed a film from start to finish but i mean you got plenty of time technically you've got the skill now to express that. I think that's the proper order of things is like, I think it's good to work from a technical place for the, at least a decade and a half. And then, and then, uh, it allows you the tools to use it for the rest of your life to kind of actually say something. Yeah, no, it's funny that you say that because it's, I feel that way about myself. I'm like, well, I need to find out what my vision is by doing it because I don't actually, I'm insecure, insecure that I don't know what it is right now. Um, and I think it used to be more clear to me. I felt like when I was in college and like in the time when I was like more of a freelancer after school, um, I was like outside of the structure of productions. And I was, you know, maybe in a more scatterbrained way, but I was like, creating the looks and the aesthetics of the projects that I was working on at that time. Uh, and even then they were sort of like broad, like, you know, I, there's I have a couple different spaces in which I work, um, painting, drawing based, you know, there's like a range there. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It, I do think that there has been a little bit of like, um, Maybe this is overstating it, but arrest development in that specific area for me, uh, just because uh, because I you know have this really satisfying, wonderful dream job that I get to do, uh, but it's not a replacement for like pursuing one's personal voice. Though I do bet I I am able to put my personal voice into the films, and that's part of I think why. 
I'm why I like don't hate it is because I get to, I actually, that actually does work, you know, like I do see myself in them. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a mixed bag, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, self-expression can be largely overrated, I think, but, <laughs> but, um, I mean, and you're on a good team of people, so I think that's really important. Right. But yeah, yeah, I, I think there comes that state in terms of like the hierarchy of needs where you start, like you got it all, you know, you got, and then you got, and then you're like, but what, who am I and what am I trying to express? And what's funny yeah. is like folktales aren't on the surface, maybe like, oh, making a folktale wouldn't seem to be a vehicle for that in the sense that it's very depersonalized, I feel. That's what's inter- mm-hmm. interesting to me. Like, it's not about an opinion, per se. Right, right. Um, but just by s- the selectivity of what you present, I think knowing you made those decisions, it says something about you as an individual. Exactly. Uh, and and that's important, ultimately. Totally. Yeah, the, there is a, uh, you know, there are multiple ways to make work. Some people they don't know what they're saying. They're just like producing the thing and it, and it's intuitive. Um, uh, and then people interpret it. Uh, but yeah, when you're working on a big project, like I guess a movie and every single, every single element of it is considered and like labored over, uh, it's possible that all of those decisions end up say can, like the fact, right. Wait, I'm kind of just restating what you said, which is that like, uh, uh, the things that you choose to show to people are indicative of like your opinions. And, um, anyway, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, sometimes I fantasize about not quitting, but like taking a six month break and just making, paintings of course i actually have the time to do that now i'm not working until october and i have been chilling and not doing that so maybe <laughs> maybe this will be this call will be the uh, uh spark that i needed well uh, i mean the question would be by what mechanism would you do it would it be right. a comic because painting is painting and i don't no knock on painting i just don't know you know i, I feel like your paintings are an exploration of color and form largely sure. and an understanding of that uh like almost like a study like a technical exercise yeah there there's i think i think that they originate in the form of a technical exercise but i think that at least i hope that when i do them my like like where i'm choosing to put the camera and or the 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 box like you know hopefully the choices that i'm making like feel I don't know. When I was doing these nocturnes, I definitely was like trying to communicate some sort of like mood. I was trying to communicate like some sort of unhappiness that I had in the, <laughs> during that period. And uh, uh, but they, but you're, I mean, you're not wrong because they were, rep- they are studies. They're representations of a thing that I'm sitting in front of. Um, but, yeah, they're less explicit. I mean, you can definitely communicate via a landscape. But I guess my question would be, if you were to try to break out of that, would it take the form of a comic or some kind of narrative that you had total control of? Right, that's a great question. I mean, I think, like, 
I think that it, I have some anxiety around writing and I think I would like to do a comic. Uh, I, um, started dabbling with one the other week actually, but I haven't made any progress on it. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe a comic. See, that's the thing is because I, I, I've had so little, um, time focused on this. It's sort of daunting almost. It's like, I, I, uh, I, I think that doing more narrative illustration type paintings, I think is part of that, or maybe in drawing form, maybe those become a comic. I don't know. I really just, I just need to do it. Have you uh, made a comic? Uh, I've made a couple very short comics, but not like not the way like you have made comics or or that like comics people have made comics. Um, uh, Were you going to propose a challenge before I cut you off? Oh, I was going to say, hey, maybe maybe I uh, give me a year and if I I'll make something that I can come back and tell you tell you how it expre- I expressed myself. <laughs> maybe, a kid, maybe a kid's book would be cool. Okay. Kids book is interesting. I don't know if you give a shit about kids though. You gotta, you gotta care. You gotta want it. I think it's also like that kind of weird. Like we think of ideas as this kind of. I don't even know how to put it. Like we just think, oh yeah, well if I just sit around, this idea is gonna come. Or even if I think about it a lot, I'm gonna get right. this idea. I don't really think that's how they work. Totally. And so. You know, maybe in these weeks where you're chilling or just meandering, you'll actually, that'll be it. Maybe that'll do the work. Sometimes you get so hung up in work, it's like, it's so precise, the vision that you're trying to execute. Yeah, yeah. It can be kind of hard. I I think that my, that's that's why ideas scare me is because they become something before, they are something before they've actually been made. And that's uncomfortable to me. Like, I feel much more comfortable with stuff that I'm like, I made this and I can see the idea in it, but it's sort of like a res- result of stuff that I've done, I guess. I, I think my plan, if we're just being practical, my plan for the next couple months is to like try and draw like more character focused stuff in my sketchbook for X amount of time per day and just, just via exploring that um hopefully sort of land on some imagery that i connect with or rediscover imagery that i've connected with in the past and end up making something from that i think really just like i think i i tend to get paralysis when i the the longer i don't make something and as soon as i start like making the thing then or whatever it is it everything becomes easier and possible you know uh and so I, i think that as long as I start drawing like and don't stop, like that'll be at least for a while, that'll be a success in itself, you know? Sure. Um, so, well, you know, we'll see what fruit comes from that, I guess. Maybe a comic. It's a great challenge. The comic is a great challenge. So what is this you, you've been teaching VizDev? I've been teaching VizDev. Yeah. Uh, How long has that been going on? The, <laughs> sounds like you're, uh, you're asking, uh, uh, 
me about somebody <laughs> dating <laughs> Inter- uh, interrogation yeah, yeah no it's great i love it uh that's yeah, that's awesome um i uh i start i taught my first class this year actually um i had done lectures and stuff before but in february or Ma- march sometime in the past this year uh i did uh i taught a i guess it was like a two-month class it was like eight weeks um nine weeks and um yeah it's the class is a style exploration and like sort of aesthetic concepts class combined with the a look at like the concept pipeline for feature films so like i'm basically taking a lot of the illustration like education stuff that i had at RISD and applying it to the types of shit you do for my job um and i i feel i find that like my work in feature animation feels unique but when i i i feel I feel unique when I'm surrounded by people from, yeah, the, the animation world. But then when I'm, uh, with my like more, like when I'm, you know, when I'm around, like not to bring up Jesse again, but like Jesse and Neve or like people from my illustration and like more fine arts, like friend group and past, like I feel less, I feel more generic. Uh, and I, I think that like, my biggest strength in the like feature animation world is that I have a couple different like aesthetic, like voices that are a little unusual for that space, but are also like my personal, they're to my personal taste. That's how I've been successful. And I'm trying to like teach development of personal taste and, uh, 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 I guess trying to like, find ways for people for for students to like solve their uh solve the problems that their like clients need them to solve like in a typical studio setting but do it in a way that allows them to like express themselves and like be themselves as an artist like it's kind of basically all that we've been talking about like trying to trying to teach that and uh i just find you know i'm trying to i'm doing the little bit this sounds so like like lofty and Mm-hmm. Maybe I maybe I sound like an asshole or whatever, but I I'm trying to like fight the like mono like aesthetic vision of the animation industry, uh, which obviously Spider Verse has been doing that, and Turtles have, has contributed to that. Uh, but I just I don't know. I want people to draw the way they want to draw and like uh, find themselves while still working and getting paid enough. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, I think it, I think it's it's an interesting challenge. I think because um, the truth is, you know, there's not room for everyone to be interesting it's aesthetically, true. It's and true. so that's why animation is kind of interesting. It's like you know, there's Miyazaki and and he's looking over every cell and right. he's not asking anyone else to reinvent his style there's kind of this like very clear hierarchy that differs severely from uh just making a painting on your own as a fine artist and it's kind of fascinating how do you retain humanity and magic in that space everyone has different solutions obviously Miyazaki's critical of the disney structure like the traditional disney structure which is more like um assembly line 
Right. But what's interesting is your film has more, it sounds more like a Pee Wee's playhouse scenario or even adventure time scenario where the logic is just get a bunch of talented friends in the same room right and let them have an identity and 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 just let it organically unfold right i don't know if studios can understand that or replicate that because that's not really a thing that you're always going to have at hand it's actually totally. kind of, it's kind of rare you kind so, of ha- you kind of happen upon a situation and then you take advantage of the talent uh, yeah and then you sit there yeah. for another five years trying to make adventure time ish things that aren't good in my opinion and it's just yeah doesn't, yeah 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 and this is like the cycle of life almost where it's just like all right now there's like this descent and it's inevitable but let's cash in totally and then we'll wait for the upswing of the next you know thing and i think that's the hard part about teaching or trying to teach people to have a voice or to be more interesting um because i don't know i just think like everyone is has a differing degree of who they are and and totally. some people are uninteresting some people are uninteresting and they draw interesting things and, and vice versa so uh yeah i That's- guess the best thing you could teach is just like I, I still find that, like, if I can think back to art school, it sounds like you were probably well taught in this area. It's like being taught technical shit, even though I kind of didn't want to do it back then, is like really what you should be going to school for because all that time spent alone and inside yourself is where style and and voice is going to emerge. But all that technical stuff, I think, really needs to be ushered in by someone who knows better than you. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I I. I agree about learning technical. I mean, I, I partially agree, but I also think that, uh, the like art center is the much better technical school. If we're, you know, art center and RISD, those are like the two of the, two of the big schools. Um, art center is much more technical. If I wanted to learn technical stuff, that would have been the place to go. Mm. I, I think I did learn, more technical stuff at RISD than some people there, but not than everybody. Um, I think for me, my like me drawing the stuff that I wanted to draw, like, and being interested in the stuff that I was interested in was, and, and like expressing that was my sort of asset. And I don't think that that happens as readily at a place like, art center and i think that the aesthetics that come out of art center have sort of reflected that there's like a there's like a couple house looks and they the generic disney sort of slot disney and then also riot games are like the two things that kind of come out of art center right now that and i guess like the hard surface modeling concept guys uh so to me i feel like i don't know i mean i i think that if you're going to it also all depends on the cost, right? Like, I don't think anybody should go to art school at all. Like, we're actually asking because it's too fucking expensive and it won't be worth it uh, unless you unless your family is rich. Um, well, it's but, still expensive if you're rich, just and it's probably not worth it to be honest. Either way, sure. I mean, if if you're so rich that two hundred fifty thousand dollars doesn't mean anything to you, then it's definitely worth it. Uh, maybe but, I still I still question its value, but maybe, I yeah, maybe I, you're right. I, I, I think to me, like, like 
I was given the opportunity at RISD to pursue a lot of my own interests. And I think that that has carried through into like why I have had success in, in the spaces that I've had success in. And I don't know if more technical training would have harmed me or if I had the right mix Mm. Uh, or if the people that go to art center and get all that technical training and then make boring work, if they were just going to make boring work regardless and they just, yeah, you know, like, I don't know. Uh, well, you probably are getting a better understanding as you try to teach people. I think certainly there's like, try being the the opportune word there. I'm trying to teach people. Sometimes it works. Um, well, that's exactly it. Like there's definitely a nature nurture thing at play. There's, yeah, yeah. there can only be a certain ratio of a certain people. There's not going to be another Miyazaki. He right. doesn't matter. I don't even, you know, I don't know how he emerged in reality, but right. it's just a different type of human. I think he uh, was, uh, I think he was born via a seashell carrying him to on seafoam onto the beach. I think that's what happens. He was, he was nude. He is he's pretty, yeah, yeah. Himself. He's uh, pretty, pretty grumpy for being born in that way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, I'm assuming you flew to Japan and watched his new film. No, I haven't yet. Uh, no, that would have been, that would have been cool since you live on, I feel like it's doable in California. Yeah. I've actually never been to Japan. I'm not, I, I have deep respect for him. Uh, and I, and I do like some, anime but i japan's i've never been like a japan guy uh oh, no i mean that makes sense your work is more um it has a more western vibe like there's kind of a respect for visual reality optical reality sure it's like, yeah it's like yeah. it's like that's where the transcendent lies not in the symbolic uh, flatness of depiction which is maybe why i'm a little more uh, interested by the idea that you would tilt towards folk tales which skew in my eyes towards like a symbolic structure than right. kind of more human narrative that's kind of about emotion and that's where the transcendence emerges yeah, right right but that I, could be a very interesting combination well it's funny because I, I think that i'm i think that a lot of my interests are in that symbolic space but a lot of the work that i post online is very in a human world type of work um the uh, I went to, so I, I'm a huge, one thing I love more than anything else is going to, um, uh, Eastern Orthodox monasteries and churches. Sure. Uh, it's like, I, you know, I've been to Greece. I was went to Georgia recently, uh, went to, went to a bunch of monasteries in Turkey. Um, and all of the like iconographic, like, you know, the, the super flat imagery, uh, the like uh, Byzantine icon aesthetic, all of that stuff. That's obviously literally uh, um, uh, flatter, uh, but the uh, and and doesn't exist in space. Do you know about the origin behind that style? That they that there's this whole like uh, sort of like um, theological and philosophical reasoning for like why they flatten stuff. Um. um. I, I have my like my perspective on why I think that's valuable, but no, tell me. I, uh, I I'm gonna completely yeah, yeah, butcher it, but butcher it. But essentially, there is a uh, uh, when you're when you're flattening things uh, uh, like as imagery, uh, 
it's supposed to represent that they're not like that the physical world is not important it's the spiritual worlds and spiritual like like cleansing and health and the uh state of your soul uh is like what they're talking about and so they're trying to like bring the viewer into a more like soul and spiritual uh, spiritually aware states by having them by removing elements of realism that anchor right, them right. to yeah and so like but there's like also a lot more like there's you know way more detail and specific shit but but uh yeah anyway uh i love all of that stuff and but you're right like that it's funny because I, I i think that um uh the, a lot of the work that i do make is like feels like it's I guess Western. I, I think one thing that I'm really interested in is like I was a, a big – before the, the Russian-Ukraine war broke uh, – like broke out, I was I – was, I went on this big trip recently. I just got back from it after Turtles and I was – my original plan back in like 2019, uh, 2020, I was like this pandemic's going to end. Turtles are going to finish and I'm going to go to Russia for three weeks. <laughs> Okay. That, that was one of my plans. Uh, I wanted to go. I that whole um, uh, the aesthetic, uh, uh, um, I guess, uh, uh, lineage of sort of like Eastern and Central Europe has always been like really inspirational to me. Uh, but I don't know if that comes across in. I guess it doesn't come across in my work to you. No, uh, I, I do see it. Um... I do see it at times. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I'm, by, I'm, by by Western, I'm I'm kind of drawing a very crude dichotomy. But I see. What, what I mean West? is this kind of notion of visual optics as a form of high realism that really emerges. Like once you introduce perspective in the Renaissance, like there is more of a push towards a certain type of humanism and realism as a transcendent goal. And I much more align with this idea of like flatness as a sacred and psychological space. Right. Um, but I, I think to be fair, the process of painting visual reality can be transcendent sure. and it can turn the mundane into something more. They're just different paths. And I just see one as a little more, western in its pursuit but it makes sense given your job that like you are providing often the backdrops and the mood of something so it is grounded in a much more of a reality totally um, but you know like the new the turtles movie is interesting in the sense that it has uh i don't know it's playing with that kind of painterly flatness in this in these deeper spaces so i think it's a cool combination but Thanks. I do see. I see in your in your work. These like there's a lot of. I I don't know. I'm not seeing it literally, but I think I recall more like skeletal halo worlds, kind of more. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're like darker. There, in some th ways, there is some of that. Yeah, it's it's funny. The uh, just the um. I I always sort of struggle with. Uh, I mean, not struggle that much, but there's a little bit of like. 
I know what my interests are, but the work that I put out into the world is like, people are like, oh, Kellen Jett, he's that plain air guy. Or, or most people sure, are like, sure, who, sure. The, who the fuck are you is actually what's happening. But, uh, but you know, like, I think a lot of people knew me for making mostly like landscape painting stuff. But then there is a, uh, a whole period where um, I was, there was a period where I was known for making more like Where's Waldo style illustrations. That was like a good year and a half of of like work that I did. What the uh, hell does that mean? Like just like pulled out, like, you know, like sort of like in that world's where's Waldo style format or like, like a, you know, when Michael DeForge does a page where it's got a bunch of little guys in a field, yeah. you know, like that sort of thing. I, I had had just because of the work that I had gotten hired to do. It was mostly through cards against humanity. Actually. I, I'd been hired to do maybe like six big illustrations for them that were all, you know, over a period of a year and a half that were all kind of in that space. And I had never really done that before, but it became, it like influenced my design and became like my identity for at least some of my clients for a while. Uh, and that's like a, almost felt like it was like, I went with it, but it almost felt like it was out of my control. Um, I was also doing a lot of like isometric, perspective work for video games because you know a lot of games have that sort of perspective uh and there was this period of time where i i was like all i wanted to do was like make paintings that were cinematic and all and i was wanted to get work that would allow me to do that and uh i think landscape painting was sort of an attempt to kind of move in that direction. And then I ended up working in film and now, now I'm like doing that. And I'm like, well, this is, can't be the best thing out there. I, I need to move back towards being more uh, uh, symbolic. This conversation is funny. Cause it just, it like it, talking about this thing that I, um, you're, you've very clearly identified something that I was like, I've been back and forth with forever. So, um, no, that makes sense. And I mean, I think, the Russia, I don't know if this is, I think it is part of the West in a certain way. I mean, it's sure. heavily European influence. And at least I draw the line crudely. And it definitely talks about what, like, what period in time, because, you know, Orthodox versus Catholic art is very different. Um, right. Which, and, that's, I, and that's the distinction I think I'm trying to make as far as uh, East-West. But I understand your more broad distinction is Orthodox still feels – I mean it's kind of right there in the middle, right? Like like there's the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. Uh, there's uh, um, the Egyptian Coptic Orthodox Church. And it doesn't really feel Western. It feels – Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, – Anyway. No, there's a there's a beauty to sitting in between those places, but I think that's what's interesting. Having again, just like seen the trailers of these two films, it seems like they're playing a lot with those two different realities. Where like a Pixar film, or it just isn't. You know, you're just simply right. in you're in a visual space the whole time, right? And it is the, that reality of that thing, and it's that's where you're at. I there's probably instances of them trying to break that up. I I can't recall. Yeah. Um my opinion of Pixar is not 
terribly high, but I think it's only <laughs> at this point, you know, I thought it was, there was a time where I had great respect for it, but I think it's natural. It's so hard to maintain yeah. greatness well, they, over that duration. They, they created the, like, the space that I exist in now, you know, like they, like they, they started the whole fucking thing and, uh, it is, it's, it's, it would be unreasonable for them to, um, for us to expect it to like them to continue to be the greatest at it. But I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm optimistic about Pixar. I think that there's a lot of, I think that they're sort of scrambling to put like new people in positions of power to like make creative decisions and, I I'm curious, like, I think it's been rough with the pandemic and like stuff getting put to streaming or whatever, but I'm hopeful that the new batch of stuff will be cool. Um, but, but I, I mean, I'm, I, uh, I was going to say that there's the thing about Pixar that's when you were saying like the, the visual space that stuff and like Pixar stuff exists in is, uh, it exists in one way basically often um, i think often yeah yeah yeah, yeah. very uh, almost a, exclusively true up until i think kind of relatively recently uh i guess i guess incredibles has some sort of playing with that stuff um but it is funny like uh, right now the the in vogue thing for animation like the natural direction for it to go for it to explore is to explore looking like non-digital stuff again like traditional media you know yeah uh, um but that's that is its own weird little ghetto avenue you know like it's like a right, cul-de-sac like that's like it's not a dead end but it's like a you know you're like well i'm trying to make it look like this thing that doesn't normally move you know uh and uh that's kind of the magic of it whereas like i guess pixar before was trying to it's not it's using 3d graphics but it's not trying to look like 3d graphics it it's trying to look real um and then the aesthetic that it lands on is this sort of like weird 3d graphics middle ground which then becomes the aesthetic that everybody tries to go for, right. uh, uh, you know, cause like, I think that our ability, actual ability to achieve photorealism, uh, is much beyond like what's being, you know, except for like avatar, like in animated films, like they're not even going for photorealism anymore with the Pixar stuff. They're going for this, like they're going for the look of the films that were most successful, when Pixar was at its height. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I remember they made that final fantasy film like 10 years ago and they were clearly just trying to make a film that looked real and it was super weird. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think it was the final fantasy. Film. It was, it's called, um, uh, uh, it's like spirited spirits, uh, spirits within it's final fantasy spirits within. Um, and it, it, I don't think it was, 10 years ago i think it's like almost i think it's like 15 or 16 years ago at this point which is crazy. Really? yeah i think spirits within was like oh god i want to say like 2006 it's 2001 2001 <laughs> 20 years ago it's 22 years ago holy that's shit that's crazy oh my god that's that's scary. Yeah, yeah. I was like ten years. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, this fucking elemental looks like trash. I mean, for me, like you can judge an animated film by by any still, really. And <laughs> I, I just think like the visual language of that. I haven't seen it, but sorry. Wow, so ugly that film. So it's crazy. Yeah. Oh god. I we I have some like friends who worked on Elemental, and they're like wonderful and so talented. I, I just I just want Pixar to um... succeed. I want them to succeed. I want a, a healthy Pixar is is uh, it's good, good for the world. It's good for the world. I mean, what's interesting talking to you and it's good to hear is like I talk. I've spoken to several animators or at least individuals in the animation world, and it sounds pretty doom and gloom at this moment. But it sounds like you got a good thing going in terms of work and and perspective work, and that's. That's good, and you have some optimism about the industry in general. I I do. I mean, you know, there's. I feel like it's the doom and gloom is goes so far beyond animation that like that's the part that I'm more worried about. <laughs> uh, uh, climate change or what you know whatever it is. Uh, with for I'm very lucky that I am in this position right now where I you know there's there's work to be done there's definitely been a contraction though like the kids animated series stuff at netflix get completely gutted um uh tons of tons of layoffs just like crazy uh um you know people people who like when i got into the industry i was like oh they're a really established phys dev artists they're like their career is going great and then like I'm getting hit up from them like, oh, hey, like, you know, anybody who's looking, I'm like, you're looking for work. What? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. So, so not, you know, not to be too optimistic. It does suck ass right now. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel very lucky. I, this, I had a, I had a meeting with DreamWorks uh, the other day and they're, it, the uh, the turtles i was nothing against dreamworks they've been doing some interesting stuff lately actually but the the turtles offer was just i just can't walk away from doing a sequel to that movie so i i ended up going with that but um i don't know there's there's stuff on the horizon i think it is kind of a bit of a boom and bust cycle and always has been so i have a feeling that there will be new projects in the next year or two um but who knows? Maybe we're maybe we're fucked. Maybe maybe I'm never gonna have it this good ever again. Maybe this yeah yeah the, that's the a, that is a good way to think about it. Honestly, yeah yeah. I I mean, it's it's less stressful if you just assume it's gonna be shit. Well, you can also be grateful right now if that's the case. That's that's a great point too. Maybe I'll try that. All right. Well, I think I like ending it on that note. I beautiful. Um, I could tell we were circling. We were circling. The drain? <laughs> circling the target. Circling the, oh, 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 yeah, the yeah, landing yeah, yeah. point. The landing yeah, yeah, point. Yeah. We're, we're parachuting onto a landing. Um, yeah, dude, thank you so much. Uh, sure. I had a really good time. Um, you're good at this. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, like, I like talking to people. I think uh, the, the interesting is, thing is talking to artists. They're often like super self-conscious about speaking. I think in general. So yeah, it's fun to just be casual about it and not make it feel so important. Maybe. No, totally. I, it, yeah, you're right. This didn't feel important at all. Uh, 
Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> it's just, it's just is what it is. No, no, I had a great. All right, so plug the movie for it. Uh, yeah, give me one, give it. me one pitch. All right, so uh, if you like uh, 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 radical fights, if you like cool, sick art uh, with uh, ooze and scribbles and punching and kicking and jokes. Uh, you should go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem out now in theaters near you. Uh, it's I'm incredibly proud of it. And uh, um, it's bring your, take your kids. It is for children and teens. So, you know, set expectations accordingly. But go watch it. Um, right on. Yeah. All right. Good talking to you. Cool, man. Uh, do I just hit leave the recording? Is that the move? Um, you should say bye. Oh, I should say bye. Uh, yeah, bye. Dude, thank you so much. <laughs> Music by Dory Bavarsky and Mingja Chin. Next up, we have Nick Lozada. <laughs>